1: you know people just always acknowledge me blocking but if you look at my stats i'm right there toe-to-toe with all the guys that are on the list for the final gig so to be honest with the Jim, i don't know what uh, uh all goes into being into the hall of fame to be honest with you but i've won super bowls and i'm a super bowl mvp and what i did in the playoffs along with the production that i had over 14 years i don't know why i'm not on that list with all the other guys hey
0: now what's cracking well Welcome- Welcome to the Jim podcast episode 251 where for the second week in a row we are talking to a two-time Super Bowl champion and a former Georgia Bulldog go figure my guest in fact was actually the MVP of Super Bowl 40 he played 14 years in the NFL all with the Pittsburgh Steelers he of course is former all-pro wideout Heinz Ward. Heinz spent his career playing in one spot but He has been all over the place since then. He has been an assistant in the NFL and in college. He was an executive in the AAF. And now he has taken his talents to the XFL, where he is the head coach of the San Antonio Brahmas. We have all sorts of things to cover in this conversation, so let's get right at it. It is episode number 251 with Steelers legend Hines Ward, and it's coming at you right now. My man, look who I found, Heinz Ward. Heinz, before I get into everything you're doing, what's up, man? How you living? How are things?
1: Man, I'm extremely blessed, Jim, man. Just living my day each and every day, doing what I love doing, man. Helping young men uh, play the game of football, just, you know, Super excited, man, for this opportunity with the XFL, being right. the head coach.
0: So that right there, that that's the energy and the perspective and the point of view that you have always had and brought to it. And actually, I want to talk to you about this opportunity. The XFL, Heinz, training camp is underway. The season starts about a month from today. What was it about the XFL that attracted you and how has camp gone so far?
1: um you know just sharing in the same lines as the rock and miss danny garcia i mean as far as their vision and where they wanted this league to be about uh, a league of opportunity uh to be able to share everything that i've learned from football to give it to our players um you know that's just trying to uh fulfill and and, and and you know fulfill the dream of, of playing the game that they love and, and someday hopefully making it to the next level and that's the nfl and For me, I wasn't a higher draft pick. Uh, You know, I had to do it the dirty way. I had to grind my way through special teams and just to stay on the team. And I had to believe in myself. And everybody has a path and a journey. And that's what I see. I see a lot of myself and all the guys that I have on my team. And if I can just give them that small nugget to help them get that opportunity. And when they do get the opportunity, take advantage of the opportunity at the next level. To me, that's what it's all about. You know, I've always, had a close relationship with all my coaches. And now that I'm older, uh, I want to share in that same uh, vision that I had, uh, having a great relationship with my players and and helping them both on and off the field, just talking about, you know, my experience, my mistakes that I made. I don't want the same. I don't want the players to make the same mistakes that I did. So in a way, it's almost it's like, you know, I was voted for to be a team captain for over half of my career. And now I get the opportunity to sit in front of a, a room, sit in a chair, and really just preach the same message as I would preach as I was, uh, you know, being a veteran guy on the Steelers.
0: I like that. I actually like all of that. So talk to me for a minute, Heinz, about the players themselves. Like, who and what are we talking about here? Are we talking about guys who exclusively want to get to the NFL or maybe guys who've been there and want to get back? Are we talking about guys playing for the love of the game, putting food on the table? Is it all of the above? I mean, who are the players?
1: Yeah, it's basically all of the above. You know, I think over probably 60% of our team have been guys who've been on practice squad. You know, um, you know, I tell those guys all the time that you're here for a reason. Either you can't pick up the playbook fast enough or you don't know what it takes to be a professional, how to go about day-to-day business, handling your business at the NFL level. So, you know, you're here for a reason. Let's embrace it. You know, my job is to, to develop guys, to develop champions, making championship decisions both on and off the field and understanding that You have to practice a certain way. You have to have championship level practice. So, when you do get that opportunity, you step out there, it's all you know how to do because you already put in the work on the practice field. So, it becomes almost muscle memory. So, uh, just under, you know, being able to teach those guys and and, and preaching the message each and every day, they're starting to buy in. We're day four of of training camp, and you're seeing the guys finishing every play, hustling to the ball. You know there it's a big turnaround from from day one to me getting on their tails about finishing and this is how practice has to be because when you're not doing it at a level you you'll know very quickly that you're not out there giving me all you got you know and i use a big analogy that i preached to the team uh, back in high school my high school coach gave me an ace of an ace of spade and i kept looking at it trying to understand what this ace of spade is all about and i and i shared the story with, with with my team Um, You know, having the right attitude, being able to communicate because in football, it's all about having all 11 guys on the same page. And we as men, we stink at communication, have the problem we arguing with our ladies because we don't know how to communicate. So (laughs) helping those guys understanding each and every day when you get on the elevator, I want guys communicating with strangers, ask them who they are and stuff like that, because it only helps you have effective communication when you're out on the football field. And then last, you know, the E, just give me great effort. Just strain on every play. And what's so crazy about a gym? All that requires zero talent. So if you can, if you can get that part of your life right, having a great attitude, being able to communicate, give me great effort, along with the talent that you have, man, how can you not make it to the next level? You know, a lot of this, the reason why they're here, because of some of those things. They're not great communicators, or they have poor attitudes, and. They're not straining on each and every play. They're not standing out above the rest. You have to separate yourself amongst everybody. If you put all the group of players together, how do you make a difference? How do you stand out? Well, one, you stand out by giving great effort. So just having that analogy, giving the cards that ace of spade to understand, get this right along with your talent, and you have a good chance of making it. Uh, getting that opportunity and, and making it at the next level.
0: My man, the ace of spades. I love that. And I love the way, Heinz, you're trying to tell them this is how you get separation. How you do anything is how you do everything. I'm curious. I mean, very clearly you are in this for the right reasons and you want to have this impact on guys because you've been there and you know what it takes and you're trying to share that. But, Hines, what about you? Like, Would you be using this opportunity potentially to springboard to become an, a head coach in the NFL? Does that interest you?
1: Oh, it's always you know. For me, Jim, you know, I what haven't I done? Right, right. (laughs) I've done it all. You have. Uh, So just to take full advantage of this opportunity, I you know, for me, I don't know if I would still be given this opportunity, being that I haven't really coached that long. Like I've coached two years with the Jets. I went down to Florida Atlantic um, and coached college football. So now to get this opportunity to be a head coach, I want to prove to myself and see if I can do it. You know, I look at Jeff Saturday. And, you know, his situation is, is kind of, you know, I've, I've heard the naysayers. You just don't do it. It's disrespectful to the game. But you got to put yourself in Jeff Sardis' shoes. Who's going to turn down an opportunity to be a head coach? You know, the one, to get a chance to say, you know what, let me try it. I want to see if I'm good at it or not good at it. Because I'm pretty sure Jeff was one of the leaders that were on the team. Uh, so he looked at it the same way I'm looking at it. So for me, I look at it as let's try this opportunity and see where it goes for uh, me what uh, what can I lose? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's no expectations of nobody. But if I go into it and, and get the players to really buy into the message and we can put up a, a great product on the football field, that's a reflection of the head coach. And I've been very blessed, to be honest with you. I mean, to have Coach Cower and Coach Tomlin be the only coaches that I've ever uh, played for. I learned a lot about them. You know, they were both great leader of men. Um, they held everyone accountable. Uh, I believe in hard work, we didn't care about the outside noise telling us what we can and cannot do, and to be honest with you, Jim, my whole life has been people telling me what I can and cannot do, I just don't go in life worrying about that, I believe in myself, uh, I've done so many great things uh, throughout my lifetime from, from playing 14 years in the city of Pittsburgh with no ACL, uh, to going on to win Super Bowls, MVP, to an Iron Man, to do Dancing with the Stars, to do television. There, there's probably something out there that I haven't done, but I don't live life like that. I, you know, I don't live life worrying about what naysayers have to say. You know, I, the approach that I take, you know, I never wanted to look back on life and say, I wish I would have did this, or I wish I would have did that. Uh, for me, the opportunity presented itself. I'm very humble at the opportunity, man, and I'm going to make the most of it. And, you know, I, I'm, I can't sleep at night because I'm trying to perfect it, I to like what can I do better, can I give these guys, how can I adjust the schedule, what can I say. What message like so I literally get like two hours of sleep every day because I'm, I'm a perfectionist I want this to really go well. I want this, I want to be able to spread the knowledge to our players and, to be honest, I have a goal I want 20% of my roster to be on NFL teams and that's an achievable goal, you know we get 50 guys on a roster if I can get 10 players. On NFL roster, then then I know I can coach and, and and be a head coach at any level at that. So I have little measurables that that goals that I want to achieve personally. Uh, but ultimately, it's really about developing players. You know, getting players to buy into it. And then ultimately, you know, I'm all about championships. I want to win this championship in the XFL.
0: The NFL playoff action continues, and we are one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and for the NFL Divisional round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. It's an absolute blast. Take that big swing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code ROME. R O M E. New customers can bet 5 bucks on the NFL divisional round and then get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. See, Heinz, there's so much in that. Like you – and I talk about this a lot on my show and my other podcasts. If I could bottle – what you're just putting out there right now and we could sell that, dude. You and I would do really, really well because this is what you want. Like from the earliest of ages, you were already dealing with things, lots of things like, oh, by the way, you don't have an ACL or you can't do this or you can't do that. When people were telling you, you cannot do this or you cannot be that, I'm curious, what did you do with that? Like, did you convert that into fuel, use that as (laughs) premium fuel or, or did it just go off your back and did you just ignore it and just do your thing?
1: I use it as field Jim. Yeah. I mean, I, I embraced that my whole life. I mean, growing up as a little kid, I wasn't smart enough to go to college. I was too small to play uh, at the pro level. You should just give up. You, you're never going to grow and you're not the fastest. You're not the biggest. You know, I just look back on my career. There was nothing ever given to me. I had to work my tail off. You know, I had to work my butt off and I have a great story to tell. And that's the whole premise of why I wanted to get into coaching because I wasn't blessed to, to be six three, six four, have Randy Moss skills. I wasn't blessed, but I played this game. I was the, you know what, I lasted every receiver in my draft class in 1998. I played longer than anybody in my draft class with no ACL. So I believed in myself. I didn't listen to what people were telling me. I mean, I, I don't live life like that, but I do use it as fuel to the fire because you know, I'm just never a negative person like that. I, you know, I always try to find uh, a positive positive in a negative situation. And that's what God blessed me to do. And, and now I have an opportunity and that's my purpose on life, man, is to be able to help these guys, um, being a leader, talk to these guys, don't make the same mistake. And if I can just impact one player, and, and, and get that one player on the right path and that's what my that's why I'm here on this earth to do that and that's why I love coaching I want to be that impact I want to be that blessing to these guys and and, and find that one player that I can really reach out to and, and get his life straight and and hopefully when he get his life straight opportunities would come and he can go out and fulfill his dream and, and, and to play at the next level that's that's really my ultimate goal, Jim.
0: You know, Heinz, when you talk about you were, from your draft class, the last or longest remaining wide receiver to come from that class, and you talk about, you know, they, I used to hear things like, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not smart enough. fact <laughs> of the matter is, and you and I go way back, and you and I talk quite a bit when you played. but the fact of the matter is, there really has never been a receiver quite like you, in my mind, in that league. Never a guy who was as physical, never a guy that would just flat-out bully defenders. Wide receivers <laughs> don't do that. So I've never seen a more physical wide receiver. So when you take, Hines, you, your mindset, your game, they were all so different. When you watch the league today, are there any receivers that remind you of yourself at all?
1: No. No? I don't think you can play the game the way I play it now. It's illegal now. Uh, I think they named a a rule after me with the crash. I know they did, Hines. They absolutely (laughs) did. There's no think about that, my man. They did. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you got to understand, man, when I came up, we were the AFC Central, right? I mean, we had the oh, yeah. Corey Dillon in Cincinnati, Eddie George in uh, Tennessee. We had Priest Holmes, Jamal Lewis in Baltimore. We had Fred Taylor down in Jacksonville. And we had, of course, Jerome Bettis, the bus. Like, I wasn't in an offense to, to put up great numbers. You had to block because that's what that division was all about. So my first three to five years, We were pounding, you know, we were. And so the only reason I had an opportunity to continue to stay on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I had to block my ass off to to go out there to stay. I had to play special teams. So I wasn't, you know, but I I, I think I earned the respect of my players because I didn't there was nothing ever given to me. I had to grind the hard way in order to stay on the team. And then when I got my opportunity to showcase my skills at the receiving level, I never looked back. I was never going to let anyone outwork me, you know. Uh, I was a firm believer that hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, hard uh, Plexico Burris, Troy Edwards, all these guys were drafted to take over my position. But I just kept grinding. I just kept working my tail off. And, and, and then who knows, like, I mean, 14 years later, uh, to look back on my career and all the great accolades that's happened, uh, listen, I, I've earned everything. I can walk away from the game and truly say i gotten everything that I ever wanted out of the nfl like i played at a high level i was blessed to win a super bowl I'm super bowl mvp i made decent money i've been in the pro bowl the, the one thing that i keep hearing is oh you don't have an all pro well hell I, that's not out of my control i can't you know the years that i was having success i remember i was second in the league in, in catches behind when marvin harrison caught 144 ball i caught 112 and I wasn't even named as All-Pro. And that's the one thing, you know, you talk about the Hall of Fame. Was he a Hall of Famer? I, I don't know if I'm a Hall of Famer. I mean, but I was right there with Andre Johnson and all these guys. I, I was just as talented, and just as productive as those guys were uh, to an organization. I come from a running team. I probably had less attempts than all the guys that they're grouping me in. But yet my stats are right there with them. And I had to deal with the cold weather outside. I wasn't blessed. To play in a dome and have the luxury to play down south and and, and and sunny Florida all the time I had to play in sleep rain snow wind <laughs> starting from uh, Halloween all the way into Super Bowl so it is what it is man like I say I, I didn't play this game uh to be a hall of Famer man I just played this game to do whatever it takes to win a championship. And I think I did that at a high level for the Pittsburgh
0: Steelers. Preach, my brother. I'm glad you brought that up. Hines, I was going to ask you about that because for the seventh consecutive year, you were a semifinalist, but you're not in. And I think you just touched on a number of things. Like, do, do you think, for instance, and, well, okay, let me backtrack. Number one, you don't have that first-team all-pro. Fair or not, they're probably holding that against you. Number two, look at the division you played in. And number three, to your point, we ran the football. We ran the football. That was our <laughs> offense, and you did your job. I think that you did enough. I think that you should be in. Do you think that it's a question of, of when as opposed to a matter of if? Or maybe do you have some concerns that they just don't get it and I'm not going to get that vote?
1: Uh, you know it's frustrating you know but I only can control what I can control Jim and that's always been something my mom preached me if you have no control of it uh, control of it then don't stress about it you know there's always going to be debates about this and that but I, I thought what a hall of famer was was a winner you know a guy who changed the game who impacted the game yes I impacted the game at a at a different level as far as my blocking skill but when the game was on the line, and you talk about playoff football. You look at my stats; I'm right there, toe to toe with everybody. And then you look at the production over the career that I had. I wasn't blessed. I, I played in a time where they can take your head off <laughs> when you could go across the middle. You know, I didn't have the luxury of of getting a, a free escape off the line of scrimmage uh, the first five yards. And and like I say, I mean to come from a, a running organization uh, like the Pittsburgh Steelers for over half of my career you know, and all the all the quarterbacks that I played with, I think a lot of people don't know. I had Ben Roethlisberger at a very young age where we were telling him, you know, don't turn the ball over, only pass the ball 20, 25 times a game. So I didn't get a lot of attempts early on in his career. You know, I envy all the guys that, that when Ben start to uh, uh, take over the reins and, and, and play his, uh, start calling his own plays, and, and the game has changed where players – uh, the smaller receivers were able to get off the ball. Now uh, I, I would have loved that. I would have had crazy amount of catches, but you know, it is what it is. I, I don't get envy. I, I just look at it to be in comparison with Lynn Swan. John Starworth is one of the, the greats to, 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 to wear the black and gold, man. To me, that's all I really cared about. It's always going to be debate on if he's a hall of famer, you look at the, the all pro they only took three guys every year. I got, I got a couple second team all pro. I mean, you you talk about Marvin Harrison with Peyton Manning. He was going to make it. Randy Moss was going to make it and T.O. was going to make it. Unless I put up some crazy stats, I was never going to beat out those three because my offense didn't allow me to, but I was second team all pro like three or four times. So, you know, was I in the top 10? Yeah. For a while for during the 2000, I was right up there in the top 10 division and you know, People just always acknowledge me blocking, uh, but if you look at my stats, I'm right there toe-to-toe with, with all the guys that are on the list for the finalists gig. So, To be honest with you, Jim, I don't know what uh, uh, all goes into being into the Hall of Fame, to be honest with you, but I've won Super Bowls, and I'm a Super Bowl MVP, and what I did in the playoffs along with the production that I had over 14 years, I don't know why I'm not on that list with all the other guys.
0: I appreciate how honest that is, Heinz. I think you should be. I'm talking with Jay Woods of Omega Tax Credits about small businesses under 500 employees qualifying for a tax refund from a new program. Tell me again, Jay, how long does it take for somebody saying, yeah, I don't know, I probably don't qualify. I'm saying find out because you don't know. How long does it take for them to find out? You don't have a more important 10 minutes in your day than these 10 minutes. That's it. 800-704-2000 or go to OmegaTaxCredits.com and find out. Jay is right for your business. There is not a more important 10 minutes. You're right. Those other guys were in systems where they threw the hell out of it, and you just weren't. But to your point, and also, what? too bad that you're being penalized for doing the dirty work, and I don't mean dirty like dirty player, even though you did win that one year, Heinz. Credit for that. <laughs> I'm talking about doing the dirty work that other guys don't want to do, and they're holding that against you, you know, because you were the guy who would do the physical work. Now, let's talk about this, though. For instance, in the Super Bowl in 06, when you won the MVP, you had a huge game five receptions, 123 yards and a TD, but but before that game, all the talk was about Jerome Bettis and him playing in his hometown, yet you were featured prominently in that game. Did you know that coming in? Like if I had said to you that day in warm-ups, hey, Heinz, today is your day. Get ready to pick up that hardware on your way out. What <laughs> would you have said? Was that the plan?
1: No, I didn't know that was the plan, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it was our first time ever going to the Super Bowl, so the nerves. And the anxiety of playing in the biggest game, since I was a little kid, every day, I would emulate who won the Super Bowl MVP at recess every day. So now to be in the game, you're seeing all the celebrities on the pregame show, and I'm out there trying to show out and do my Odell Beckham, man. I went back into the locker room throwing up everywhere. I I, wow. I have never thrown up ever a day of my life, but in the Super Bowl and the first time ever in my career playing in the Super Bowl, the nerves got the best of me. So I had no idea that that game was going to come down and I would be named Super Bowl MVP fan. But it just felt so good to, to be on that platform, to be on the stage, because here's how I look at it, Jim. All those guys that are on the, the NFL Hall of Fame finals list, they were watching me play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you right. know so uh, to me I'm, i would much rather take the super bowl and being having the opportunity to play and not only win but win the super bowl MVP over you know watching all the guys that are on the hall of fame finals list because they were there watching me do all that stuff so uh i'll take i won't change my career for anything um you know getting voted into the hall of fame is really out of out of my control so uh, I'm just blessed. Like I said, I got everything that I ever wanted out of the game of football, man. I'm very humble. Uh, very thankful of my time in the NFL and, uh, looking back on it, it is what it is, man. I had a, I had a great time playing for 14 years for a great organization.
0: You know, Heinz, I've got a thought on that. There's first of all, there's a distinction, right? There's a distinction between a hall of famer and a world champion. They're not one and the same. And you're a two-time world champion. And the other thing is, it's one thing to have a ring, and it's another to play a prominent role in getting that ring. So I think there is that distinction. you know. And then, like, here's the thing. It seems to me, because you got everything out of what you had, none of us want to live with regret. Regret's the worst. It gets you nowhere. Yeah. It makes you feel like shit. I have to think that <laughs> even if they don't get you that jacket, and who knows, Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But even if they don't, don't you sleep a little bit better at night than most people because you don't have that regret because you got everything you had out of your ability and you never wasted the opportunity, ever.
1: No, no question about it. I don't live life, Warren. Like I said, I have no control or really understand the requirements of what all goes into the Hall of Fame, to be honest with you. Um, But it's out of my control. Like I said, I've never played the game to say that I wanted to be a Hall of Famer, you know, I wasn't Ocho Cinco with the, with the Hall of Fame jacket on while he's playing. I wasn't like that. I was an ultimate team player. I wanted to do whatever it took to win games. And I try to, I would like to consider myself as one of the leaders who led by example. If I can go out there and throw my 200 pound body into a linebacker, then everybody on the offensive line, including the tight ends can do the same. You know, I remember vividly Coach Cower kept showing a a tape of me blocking uh uh one time and i got over top of him i had my forearm and his neck and everything uh and, and he just kept rewinding over and over and over we really watched that play for about damn near 10 minutes but the point the message he was trying to sit there and say this is what we need everybody to play this is the effort we need everybody to give and if we do that if we do that then we'll find ourselves in the championship. And so uh, just little things like that, uh, having uh, Coach Parcells come up to me and say, man, you really play the game. I really love you as a player. That's that's one of the most awesome compliments you can ever get uh, when you're playing against an opposing head coach and they come up and whisper in in your ear and say, man, you play the game the way it's supposed to so to get compliments like that man i'm gonna always cherish that and i know i did it the right way and to walk away uh, with two championships and a super Bowl MVP, man i i have no regrets and if the hall is meant to be then it's meant to be it'd be a great uh uh thank you to all the people who believed in me from high school to to college to my mom to my family to my kids man, it's really a day for them and really in return just to say thank you and their support more than anything. So I wanted more for them uh, to share this journey because they've always been supportive. They've always believed in me more for them than, than my own personal self. I know I played at the highest level with all those guys and and I was right there and you talk about the Steelers' success in the 2000. I was one of the main go-to guys on that team. So um, you know, I share, I was right there with Troy Polamalu, Jerome Bettis, being one in the face of the franchise. And, and, and like I say, man, I'm very humble, grateful for my time. And, and it's in God's hands. If he wants me to uh, be in the Hall of Fame, so be it. If not, then it is what it is. I, I have no regrets.
0: Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. You know, Heinz, one more thing about that. I think what's really noteworthy about what you just said and what's so unusual is that you are one of the faces of that franchise, and I would go further. I'd say heart and soul, heart and soul, but from the wide (laughs) receiver position. It's really unusual to have, I mean, I don't want to, like, like paint everybody with a broad stroke but a lot of times when you think of wide receivers you think of you know divas right but when you have a guy like Bill Parcells coming up to you and saying hey man I like the way you play the game or when you've got a tough guy like Bill Cower having everybody watch this one block that you put on a guy for 10 minutes that's really unusual to see a guy lead from that position and be that physical the only other guy I can think of that was like that, especially during that time, was Michael Irvin, right? Like a physical, <laughs> physical dude who could lead from the front, from the wide out position. That's yeah. really challenging, yeah. right? Do you, no, do it you is. think that's a good comparison?
1: Hey, you, oh, if you want to compare anybody, compare me to Michael Irvin. I mean, look at it. He played with a Hall of Fame running back, Hall of Fame quarterback. He, wasn't, he didn't have a lot of opportunities, but when the game mattered the most, They called him the playmaker. He was the playmaker for the Dallas Cowboys the same way I was the playmaker for the Pittsburgh Steelers when the game mattered the most. So you look at stats, I'm not a big stat guy because, like I said, me and my attempts are way lower than everybody else. But I didn't complain. I just went out and and when my opportunity presented itself, I made plays when, when they presented themselves. And if I wasn't getting the ball, I will be out there knocking people heads off (laughs) to try to help our team win games so uh i don't know what the what what goes into the hall of fame but if you want to make you want to compare me to compare me to anybody compare me to michael Irvin because of what style of offense that he played in they ran the ball you see emmett smith all-time leader rusher jerome bettis he's the all-time pittsburgh Steelers. with him and franco That's who we were. That's what that was our identity. We ran the ball. I mean, for over half of my career, I was that's what I grew up in. So I didn't know any other way but to go out and block my tail off, but to go out and catch my two, three little passes that I was catching. I made the most of them. And then when we got in the playoffs, to me, that's what it matters the most when you're in the playoffs. And I think me coming up with big plays, that's really what people are known for. It's what you do when the game's on the line. When it's when it's everything's on the line uh, to go out there in the playoff game everybody all over the world is watching that's how I made a name for myself and that's how I became one of the faces of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers during my time
0: Hi he, Heinz what is that I mean how do you would you prepare for those moments or was it the accumulation of work that you always did I've always been fascinated why is it that some guys can almost summon it? like they can raise their level, the bigger the stage, the higher the stakes, the better they are. You were clearly one of those guys. How do you guys do that? How did you do that?
1: Because I practice the same way. I'm a firm believer how you practice is how you play. And I appreciate that to all to my players now to this day. I'm not asking them to do anything that I didn't do as a player. And that's what that's what I think guys are starting to buy in. But the preparation, the same way I practiced was the same way I played. The only thing is they're my teammates. I can't go crack back on Troy Palomala. Right. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> you know, because I need him. I need Troy to go out to help us defensively to go out and win games. So, we as a brotherhood, I would never dare. Now, if Troy went on to another team, me and Troy, we would have some battles, <laughs> you know, but uh, thank God we did. We were on the same team. I never had to face Troy, but uh, that's just how I played. That was my approach to the game. You know, and I tell this guys to this day, you know, you, know, you can't you can't just this you can't play this game like a light switch. Oh, I'll I'll turn it on when the game counts. No, you got to put in the time each and every day to work on your craft because it 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 has to be muscle memory. You gotta do it so much at practice, and it's gotta be ingrained in you at practice. So when you do play, you've already put in the hard work and time at practice. You have it no other way. And if you're not giving that same effort. You're going to stand out like a sore thumb. So uh, and that's a, that's the message I preach to my players to this day. Like, I always put good stuff on tape, you know, because you're being evaluated each and every day. And the fastest way you're going to play and make it to the next level is through special teams. My first three years of my career, I was a starter year two, but I was the starter on special team as well. But that's how I had to make the team because Coach Cower, he played his whole entire career on special teams. So that's what he valued i remember being on special teams with me joy porter uh, uh orpheus roy uh mike Brabel. Uh, i mean we had a dominant special team and we all worked through the ranks of working our way up through special teams in order to make the pittsburgh steelers and now to see Brabel doing this thing in tennessee i have joy porter on my staff so it's just i mean i, I preach that to all the players that we have now in order to get to the next level we got to be the number one special teams in the XFL, and you'll get that opportunity if we do that.
0: I love that Joey Porter is on your staff. I love, <laughs> love that, dude. love man. Right? How yeah, can you, I not have Joey you, Porter? Exactly. <laughs> you, be, you be sure, Heinz, if you remember, please remember. Tell him I said, yo, what up? Love uh, Joey Porter. Dude, you, uh, so you know it. Building your staff obviously was going to be important to you. How did you go about building your staff? Who else is on your staff?
1: I wanted a diverse group, um, you know, guys who have been former head coaches, uh, guys who've already partaken in the XFL. Some of the guys were in XFL 2.0. Uh, I have uh, Pete Mandarin who's played, you know, who coached in the league for the Patriots for so many years. Uh, he's been all over the league. He's coaching our offensive line. I got Paul Spicer on my on my, uh, on my defensive line staff. Joey Porter, Corey Chamberlain, he was a head coach in the CFL. Uh, uh, Jaime Elizondo was offensive coordinator and head coach in the CFL. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, who played tight end uh, in the league for 12 years, who's, who's our running back coach. Uh, Josh Neswinder, who's a former CFL quarterback. Uh, so I, I have a, a, a versatile staff as far as being able. I got the OGs, the guys who've been there, done that jim herman he's my defensive coordinator Uh, so those are like the ogs teaching the the little nephews like myself and paul and and joey you know in our growth and our development to become coaches uh, former players so i got a great mixture of guys but i wanted that diversity on my staff because i wanted the the history the knowledge of the og coaches Uh, but at the same time i wanted former players who can give those little nuances understanding what it took to win a Super Bowl. So having Joey, having Paul Spicer, former players that, that was had that opportunity to win the Super Bowl, man, that, that knowledge is, 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 is valuable um, because they've been there, they know what it takes to get to the next level. So I'm very thankful to have them on our staff.
0: So, Heinz, one last thought, and here's something I really, really admire about you, and I find it really, actually, very inspiring. You know, when you were done playing, this wasn't one of those cases where, even though you gave it everything you had, then you kind of walked off, maybe do a card show, maybe do a little broadcasting. No, man, you continue to take really big swings and continued. (laughs) I think, I think, tell me I'm wrong, but put yourself in situations where you were not comfortable the way you always had and just kept going after things, whether it was Dancing with the Stars where you won or even the Ironman World Championships that you competed in back in 2013. Leave me with this thought. I mean, that's a different deal, that thing. Even for a world-class athlete like you, what do you remember (laughs) about the first one and how many have you done since then?
1: Oh, man, that was the hardest thing I ever done, Jim. You would think you would start off slow, you know, do like a little sprint and, and maybe a marathon. No, not me. You know, I go all the way to the top. I mean, <laughs> to, to, to compete in the Ironman championship, that's like competing in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was something that as a as a, a football player, we're, we're, I never ran a day over a mile in my life, wow. you know, because everything's short burst. So the To cross that finish line, though, and say and and to hear them say, Hi, it's War. You're an Ironman. You don't know how much confident that was for me because I grew up in a team environment where you lean on your players, you lean on your brothers to get you through some trying time. For that, that was all mental. That was all me out there by myself. It was me versus myself. Uh, The will to get through it all, to swim 2.4 miles, to, to bike over 112 miles, and then to do a marathon at the end, like the fact that I have crossed that finish line in 13 hours uh was just like, man, I just felt like there's nothing out there that I can't do. It just gave me so much confidence in myself. That's always been a player. But to tell you, Jim, I always like to compare myself. I am the modern day version of Forrest Gump. You know, Forrest Gump, you see the movie Forrest Gump, you sure. watch it is it comes on all the time. You look at Forrest, next thing you know, he played at Alabama. He went overseas and fought for our country. He came back. He was a ping pong champion. He went to uh, the the shrimp boat business and with Bubba Gump. He he had all these different things. He walked across the country. I'm telling you, I am the modern version uh, of Forrest Gump, man. And I just live life. You only live once, my brother. And I can always say, man, when I'm long gone, man, and people look back, what was my impact, man, and, and what did Hines do? He was like, man, he lived life to the fullest, man. He never shied away from anything. He was a go-getter, man, and he was just a, a, a all-around great dude, man. So that's, that's what I want my legacy to be, Jim.
0: I love that. We're walking off on that. That is a perfect <laughs> response. Hines, I appreciate you, my brother, so much. Great to get caught up. Can't wait to see how your team looks in San Antonio, and I've always appreciated you. You know that. I really appreciate this, too, man. Thank you so much.
1: No problem, Jim, man. We go way back, man. Got nothing but love for you, my brother.
0: I'm talking with Jay Woods of Omega Tax Credits about small businesses, under 500 employees qualifying for a tax refund from a new program. Tell me again, Jay, how long does it take for somebody saying, yeah, I don't know, I probably don't qualify. I'm saying find out because you don't know. How long does it take for them to find out? You don't have a more important 10 minutes in your day than these 10 minutes. That's it. 800-704-2000 or go to OmegaTaxCredits.com and find out. Jay is right for your business. There is not a more important 10 minutes. Big thanks to Heinz Ward for carving out an extended chunk for the original side hustle. And chats like that are exactly why I launched this podcast in the first place. Premium, extended, and unfiltered conversations that you cannot and will not hear or find anywhere else and you can be the first to know every single time a brand new episode does drop just by subscribing this way you never have to go looking for an app it will find you instead so in the meantime as you smash that subscribe button let me hit you with your voicemails
2: first new message
1: what's up man Smash? this is Brian and East Rutherford I heard that you and Rogan Loam were interested in my bulk season regimen, so I thought I'd just call and break it down for you. On Monday, I go to Golden Corral. I go to Pancho's Mexican Buffet for Taco Tuesday. Wednesday is Old Country Buffet. Thursday, I go to the China Buffet. Friday is CC's Pizza Buffet. And then Saturday, I try to taper. So Saturday, since we'll be in Philly, I'll probably just get five or six
0: cheesesteaks, call it night, and be good to go for our game on Sunday.
2: Message deleted. Next message.
0: Jim Rome, this is Mike from the 574. Just watched
1: The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker, and I'm pretty sure a clip from your show is the
2: opening line. Message saved. Next message. Jim, Sean, and Charlotte, what a great NFL playoff weekend! My favorite result as a longtime San Diego Chargers fan and longtime L.A. Chargers hater. I love that game. It was such a thrill to see 27 nothing go up in flames. Just watching the Jaguar score tick up, up, up until the end result was brilliant. Also, have you seen the new Netflix documentary, The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker? It looks like a smash, smash, smash. Message saved. Next message. It's your bestest
1: friend, John, in New York, Jim. I understand a someone by the name of Dennis Jim called to say he's the food Jim King of New York, Jim. I am the foosball king of New York, Jim. Jim, I have checkers. I have chess, Jim. I have a giant trampoline, Jim. And a giant ball pit in my balance.
2: Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Rome, what's up? This is David from
0: Buffalo. I don't know what the deal is with that John from New York guy. Whoever this guy is, he acts like he's the Kavlan Asian, I JT the Brick, and
1: Doc Mike the Tola all rolled up into one. He's not even a poor man's Jeff and Phoenix. An impersonation of Drizzle? Dude, Zach Wilson thinks you should be benched out. Oh,
2: message saved. Next message.
1: Hi, Jim. This is your iPad Pro. How could you do
2: this to us? I miss you so much.
1: Help me.
2: Message deleted. Next message.
1: Jim Jimmery. Lance and OKC here. Jim, a few weeks back, some fart knocker from North Kakalaki called me out for my dad jokes. Well, go kick rocks, North Kakalaki. Probably playing with his hacky sacky. (laughs) Anywho, Jim, did you know I have the attention of a goldfish? Yeah, but no, really. He's been staring at me for hours. (laughs)
2: Later, engage her. Message deleted. You have no more messages.